Welcome to the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia on the National Community Radio Satellite. Listen to the Anarchist Wool This Week, Australia's sacred cow slaughterhouse. Listen to analysis of local, national, international events. Listen to analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Here we are on the Anarchist World This Week, broadcast across Australia the Community Radio Network. My name's Joseph Toscano, T-O-S-C-A-N-O. If you want to send writs, I usually eat them for breakfast. All right, we're, we're uh, here courtesy of the Community Radio Network. Wonderful people broadcasting across Australia, north to south, east to west, in every state and every territory. This is the Anarchist World This Week via the Community Radio Network, and if you know what Anarchy is all about, Anarchy Society is a voluntary, non-hierarchical society based on the creation of political and social structures, based on equal decision-making power, that's direct democracy, people involved in decision make that decision, and then appoint or elect a delegate to coordinate those decisions at a local, regional, national level, and society where wealth is held in common. So if you want to be head people, if you want to become rich and famous, if you want to become a billionaire... Now is the time to switch off the anarchist world this week because we ain't that type of people. Okay, very simple concepts. We want to break down hierarchy and ensure that the Pol Pots and the Hitlers of the world can never, never impose their will on people by controlling the state apparatus. Now, you know, a lot of people say to me, you know, you anarchists... You people, you really believe in the goodness of human beings. The goodness of human beings. And I look at them and I say, what? What? I say to them, look, I'm a potential megalomaniac. You give me the state apparatus and the things I'll do that will make, uh, you know, Pol Pot look like a, an amateur. And that's the problem, isn't it? Because every human being has flaws. We've all got feet of clay. We've all got issues. That's why we're human. We're not gods. We're humans. And that's what anarchism is about. It's about creating a society where people like you and me, with all our flaws and assets, cannot wield power over others. The more hierarchical a society, the more the concentration of power, the greater the atrocities which are committed by those people because having control of the state apparatus gives you the ability to impose your will on millions if not hundreds of millions of people as we see around the world whether they're elected, you know, presidentes or imposed dictatorships. So as an anarchist, I am the first one to understand the flaws of human nature. That is why I want to create a society 
where there are no institutional structures which would allow idiots like me to wield power over others. Well, on the other hand, on the other hand, think of what's been happening in the last 40 years during the deregulation, privatisation, globalisation, corporatisation revolution that has swept the globe. Think about it. We are so stupid, so ignorant, so blinded by propaganda that we believe that if we give power to unaccountable corporations whose major responsibility is to create ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders, that they will do the right thing by us. Now, that is lunacy. That is lunacy. That is, you know, believing in the goodness of human nature. I mean, anarchists are the last ones to actually think that by giving individuals power, that somehow we will resolve issues. We won't. So let's get it right. Where are the only people on the planet who don't believe in the innate goodness of human beings? That's why we need institutional frameworks which don't allow individuals and small groups and minorities to exercise power over others. Well, on the other hand, we are happy, happy, delirious, deliriously happy to allow unaccountable corporations to do what they like, somehow believing that if we're really, really good, really good, they will somehow brush off a few crumbs off the corporate table. And nothing highlights this more than the decision regarding penalty rates. But let's move on. Now, let's stop being the land of the carping, cringing consumer and let's be transformed to the land of people who are setting, setting the social, cultural and political agenda on this planet, as we were. That's right. Australia's a proud history proud history of setting egalitarian agendas. But now, well, it's all about what we can buy, isn't it? Now, look, look, I'd like to start off with a little analogy. Now, I don't know if you listeners remember Mr Don Nadella. He's the ALP member for the Victorian Government for Melton. And a poor old Don, I assume, fell on hard times, found a legal loophole in the parliamentary allowance system and um, claimed a parliamentary allowance for a house or a caravan or something that, uh, you know, uh, outside his electorate, which is in Melton. You know, this was in Ocean Grove. And I think the total cost to the taxpayer of this legal, let's not forget that, legal interpretation of the rules was about 113,000. And for weeks, for weeks, we had the Murdoch media salivaring at the mouth. You'd think they had rabies the way they were carrying on about this man, this Mr Nardella, this former deputy speaker of the, of the House of Legislative Assembly of Victoria, this former member 
you know, uh, of the parliamentary Labor Party who's being forced onto the crossbenches because he refuses to pay back what he claims is a legal tax deduction. And I heard, well, legal, it's not a tax deduction, it's just a legal allowance. And I'm thinking to myself, where have I heard this before? And then my mind goes back to July 2013. We're Australia's greatest citizen, the former, the traitor, Rupert Murdoch. I mean, what's a traitor? Well, a traitor is somebody who renounces their their citizenship. Now, Mr Murdoch used to be an Australian citizen. Then he had to renounce his Australian citizenship because we didn't have dual citizenships in those days in order to... uh, expand his business empire in the US of A, and now he's got dual citizenship. But obviously the man was a traitor. He thought that making a buck was more important than the uh, country he was born in. But But I remember in July 2013 that Rupert Murdoch was given an $886 million tax refund. Hmm? As a result of a little bit of clever paperwork where although his companies were making billions of dollars of profit or hundreds of millions of dollars of profit, he was able to turn that into a loss and claim an $886 million tax refund. And when Mr Hockey, the Treasurer in 2013, just elected Treasurer in 2013, was asked to comment, he said, No comment. No comment. Now, what Rupert did was totally legal. 100% legal. I mean, the Australian Tax Office didn't even bother to appeal the federal court decision because they knew they didn't have a hope in hell of stopping Murdoch getting his $886 million tax refund. And most of it didn't go to actual workers in News Corporation in 21st Century Fox. It went into 21st Century Fox and then it went into his pocket. But it was all legal. Now, what did everybody say about Rupert? What did the Herald Sun? Well, the Herald Sun tried not to mention it, but when they mentioned it, he, he was a smart businessman, a little bit like President Donald Groper, a man who's never paid taxes, who makes a habit of bankrupting other people, not paying his bills, you know, who has never, he's refused to disclose, you know, his taxation uh, papers, though he's President of the United States of America. But getting back to Rupert, he was a hero. They're heroes. They're sharp business people. You know, they ride the wave. They thumb their noses at the at their fellow citizens. But they're very smart business people. And now doing a little bit of a calculation. Now Mr Rupert Murdoch's eight hundred and eighty six million dollar tax legal tax refund, while making hundreds of dollars hundreds of millions of dollars of profit would have paid for the pensions of about 45,000 Australians for a year. Well, Mr Nadella will pay for the pension of about three Australians per year, three, possibly four maximum a year if he pays back that money. But look at the difference. And who was leading the charge? The very organisation, the very organisation that benefited from applying the strict letter of the law, finding a loophole, using that loophole to maximise their profits. Forget about ethics or morals. They're irrelevant in these type of situations. It's about legality. 
So talk about hypocrites. There's nothing like the Murdoch media when it comes to hypocrisy. They may have even invented the word. So next time you hear about poor old Donnie Nadella with his uh, sharp practices of getting a little bit of an extra allowance, because he could do it, think about Rupert, who got an $886 million tax refund because he could do it. Think about it. Think of the hypocrisy. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia and the Community Radio Network. My name's Ezra Scar. I'm hosting today's program. Let's move on. Now, on Monday the 20th of March, that's right, Monday the 20th of March, there will be a tour of the building that the West Parkwood Independence Office is located in 882 Collins Street, Melbourne. And Wire Tour starts at 10am. Wire Tour because it is a five-star energy building and it was felt that people who are support the Rent Collective or are interested in the Rent Collective should come along, have a tour of the building, have a look at all the innovations which have been incorporated into the building to make it a, a five-star green building and then have a light lunch, have a nice lunch at the office. Good way of meeting people in the Rent Collective. So if you're a member of the Rent Collective come along. If you're not a member of the Rent Collective, come along. 10am, the office, 8, you know, in Collins Street. Look it up. 20th of March. And don't forget that on the 22nd of April, that's a Saturday, there will be the uh, first lunch, afternoon lunch gathering for uh, members of the uh, Rent Collective. If you do want to join the Rent Collective, it's very simple. Give us a ring, 0439 395 489. 0439 395 489. Write to us at Post Office Box 20 Parkville. Email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com. Now, while I'm doing these, you know, announcements, the Frankston branch of PIPSI, that's public interest before corporate interests, is having an open picnic on Sunday the 19th. That's right, Sunday the 19th of March at the uh, Frankston Foreshore near the uh, Cannanook Creek area there. So uh, give us a ring. You want further details, give us a ring or uh, we'll put it up on the website the next day or so. So that's this Sunday the 19th of March, midday, picnic for a few hours, Frankston Foreshore near the Cannanook Creek area, the uh, area there, and uh, so pop along, uh, have a chat. If you want further details on how to get there, all the bits and pieces, give me a ring on 0439 395 489. Now, while we're talking about lovely things... Now, I just another analogy. I love analogies because it really shows how stupid, stupid we've become in this country because we have allowed the corporate sector every liberty available. 
If they ask us to bend over, we bend over. If they ask us to jump, we jump. If they ask us to eat shit, we eat shit. And I'll give you a simple example. Now, in many regards, Australia is like Norway. What? Hoi, hoi, I hear say. How can Australia be like Norway? Well, a lot of our so-called wealth is derived from stuff we dig from the ground. Coal, iron ore. While in Norway, a lot of their wealth comes from uh, oil and gas. Okay? So where's the analogy? Well, in Norway, they have a future fund with $800 billion in it. That's almost a trillion dollars. And where did this money come from to assist the people of Norway for the next 50 to 100 years? Where did it all come from? Well, it came from the imposition of a number of taxes on the oil industry, which means that 90 cents in every dollar that is extracted goes to the Norwegian Future Fund. Okay? 90 cents in every dollar. So for a population of around 5 million, that's a reasonable amount of assets to have to, uh, you know... uh, shock-proof yourself in the future. Reasonable amount of funds. And a reasonable amount of funds to ensure that life is reasonable for people. Simple. Their resources, their oil, their gas, 90 cents in every dollar through the imposition of a range of taxes goes back to the people of Norway. Now let's go back to the little old Oz, the land of milk and honey, the land of opportunity, you know, the green and gold... The box that was at the fighting, the boxing kangaroo mob, the cringing carping consumer types. Well, we have the same issue, don't we? We have much of the wealth, so-called wealth that is in this country, comes from our natural resources, not from manufacturing, not from providing services to each other, not from you know opening up the economy to the rest of the world, but it comes from simple digging shit out of the ground and exporting it. So where is the benefit for the Australian people? The situation is so ludicrous in 2017 that although we export gas by the megalitre or trillions of litres of gas every year, there's not enough gas locally. Do you imagine that? More importantly, these very same corporations that are making a killing will not be paying any tax for 30 years. It's all done legally, of course. Then you've got Chevron, one of those huge multinational corporations that is involved in this, paid $286 tax, I think, the year before last. So why am I raising this? Because you know this. Well, there's no money in the future fund. We're just giving away the shit so that corporations and their major shareholders can make a killing. And when people put their heads above the parapet, people in authority, not idiots like me, that don't don't really matter, I mean, but, you know, people in authority put their heads up above the parapet and say, we think, we think these people should contribute something to Australia, to the Australian people, should contribute a little bit to the future fund. Maybe they should pay a little bit more tax for the privilege, 
the privilege, and that's the key word, for the privilege of extracting minerals and gas and iron ore and precious stones and gold, which theoretically belongs to the crown, the Australian state. And what happens? Well, we saw what happened to Mr. Rudd, despite his many imperfections. One thing he did right is he tried to get legislation off the ground, off the ground, to ensure that they paid a little bit of extra tax. Not much. And one of the most enduring images I will carry to my grave or cremation pit, who knows, is seeing the richest woman in the world, Madame Reinhardt, standing in the back of a bloody pickup truck, bitching and protesting about the fact that they may have to pay a little bit of extra tax. When you've got $24 billion assets, maybe pay a little bit of extra tax for all the services your companies, their companies use that are provided by the Australian taxpayer makes a bit of sense. So what happened to poor old Ruddy? Rolled. And when Madame Gillard, despite many good things that she did when she was in office, came into office, the first thing she did is Jenny Fleck to the mining sector and said, you write your own legislation. And did they write their own legislation because they paid hardly any extra tax? So why dredge up ancient history? I'll tell you why I'm dredging up Paleolithic political history in this country. Because the leader of the National Party in West Australia, Mr Grills, has just lost his seat in Pilbara in West Australia to a Labor candidate. And I could see you all getting up and going, yay, yay, brothers and sisters, isn't that wonderful? Well, think about it. Think about it. What was Mr Grills' claim to fame? Apart from the fact that the West Australian Liberal Party refused to preference the National Party before One Nation, and that's another story which we've spoken about in the past. But the fact is he wanted to introduce a new mining tax, a new royalty to ensure that the people of West Australia got a little bit of return from all the iron ore and gas and precious stones and gold that's dug out of that state. And what did the Reinhardts of the world and their, you know, their little lapdogs do? They conducted an unprecedented campaign in the Pilbara region where they threw hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not over a million dollars into that campaign, into that local election campaign, in an effort to ensure that Mr Grills lost his parliamentary seat. And he has just lost his parliamentary seat. Has a direct result of that campaign. So here we have people who are making hay, who get government grants in order to make a profit, huge government grants which run into billions of dollars, who don't pay any taxes legally, who refuse to contribute legally, who thumb their noses at us. And when we hear about the Russians interfering in the United States elections, how about the mining sector interfering in Australian elections 
and using their ill-gotten gains, legally ill-gotten gains, to change political outcomes. And we call ourselves smart, dumb. Think about it. Dumb. D-U-M-B. We're dumb because we allow this crap to continue to happen. We are dumb as dog shit. And sometimes I think dog shit is a bit smarter than us. And I include myself in that. Because although we have raised these issues for years and years and years, we have made absolutely no headway. Three years outside the Herald and Weekly Times building, once a month, three years, it's over almost 40 protests. And the best we could manage was maybe 100 people, at the very best. And at the end, we were talking about a half a dozen people because people shrug their shoulders and say, oh, what can we do? They are so powerful. There's no point. I'm going to shoot up again. Give me the bong. Can't take it. Come on. They, these people, play us for fools. They know the Australian government is full of fools, but they play the Australian people for fools. And they sit back and laugh. When we've got new political parties who come on the scene from the so-called right, like Divided Nation and its ilk, the Liberal Democrats, and the list, list goes on and on, you know, who say, oh, you know what the problem is? It's that person's religion. You know what the problem is? It's that person dresses differently. You know what the problem is? I don't like that person's colour. You know what the problem is? You know? Oh, he's gay. Oh, she's gay. You know? Could even be intersex. Oh, heaven forbid. That's the problem, isn't it? They just sit back on their haunches and go, look at these fools. Look at these fools. Picking up on cosmetic differences. Cosmetic differences. Picking up on these cosmetic differences while ignoring the real issues in this country. And the real issues in this country are based on the fact. And there are facts. This is not manufactured news. These are facts are based on the facts that the richer are getting richer, the poorer are getting poorer, power no longer resides in Parliament, power resides in the boardrooms of national and transnational corporations whose major responsibility is to make ever-increasing profits for their major shareholders, irrespective of national costs, human costs, environmental costs, social costs, cultural costs. They don't give a shit who, you know, bleat that we need more deregulation to allow them to do what they like, who bleat that we don't need antitrust laws to stop corporations from dominating various fields of human endeavour in this country. And the list goes on and on. And we call ourselves the clever country and we are the clever people. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australian Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3CR 
www.3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. You can write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. You can email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com. You can go to the Anarchist Media Institute website, anarchistmedia.org, see what's going on. You can go to the Defend and Extend Public Housing Facebook page, see what we're doing there. You can go to my personal Facebook page, Toscano, the number for the public, Toscano for the public. Become a friend. I need friends. When you've got the mining industry, you know, have their, uh, have you in their gun sites? You need friends, as Mr Grills and Mr Rudd will tell you. You need friends and you need them in a hurry. Go to the web page. Look at the Fort Bubble. I try to do a Fort Bubble a day just to look at different issues. Some of the issues that are raised on the program are in words on the uh, Facebook page. Toscano for the public. Sick of being treated like a mushroom. Sick of being treated like a fool. Sick of being thought as dumb as dog shit. Sick of fighting amongst yourselves over nothing in particular, cosmetic differences, well, join public interest before corporate interest. Pibci, P-I-B-C-I. Go to the website, pibci, P-I-B-C-I dot net. Download the application form. We've got 320 members who are on the electoral roll who are ready to go. We need another 230 to join us in the next few months. Pick up the phone, 0439 395 489. Send you an application form. Download it from the net, pibci.net. Go to the Pipsy Facebook page, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest Facebook page, and the list goes on and on and on. It's not as if there aren't people out here, you know, out in the world who are doing what they can to bring these issues to public attention. And we are here every day. Every day, volunteers are doing what they can to bring these issues to public attention, whether it's rallies, whether it's political acts, whether it's trying to be elected at a local, regional, national level, whether it's forming new political parties, whether it's being involved in direct action, it doesn't matter. You need to be involved in something. Otherwise, there isn't any point in complaining because nobody's going to listen. Nobody's going to listen to you Look at the people of Werribee. Weren't happy about a juvenile justice centre being in their, in their little town, outer suburb of Melbourne. Mass protest. Government changes its mind. This is the Victorian state government. and You have the same story across the country. Look at defend and extend public housing. A little bit of pressure. The government is no longer, the Victorian state is no longer going to privatise public houses. It's going to do a lot of other things to help private organisations to dominate the housing market, but it's not going to privatise. And that comes from a little bit of political action which was initiated in a, in a coalition between public interest before corporate interest and defend and extend, who formed defend and extend public housing to ensure that public housing gets the publicity it deserves in this country. You listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. My name is Joseph Toscana. I'm hosting today's program. Fraud. You like the word? Now, I can see people across the country in authority wringing their hands every time we compare Australian students 
with many countries overseas, they're found to be wanting. Found to be wanting, you know? And we wring our hands up and we go, Alleluia! Alleluia! We need to do something about this, brothers and sisters. Alleluia, brothers and sisters. I thought a bit of thought I'd bring a bit of gospel into the program today. This is what happens when you haven't slept for 24 hours, but that's another matter. So, alleluia, brothers and sisters. Alleluia, brothers and sisters. You know, these figures are terrible. Have you ever thought why the figures are terrible? Well, it's very simple. Now, when you compare us to Finland, you know, simple. Now, in Finland, there are no private schools. It is illegal to sell private education. And what that means is there is one school system for all, which is well financed, which ensures that everybody from that community, that country, attends one of those primary preschools, you know, primary preschools, secondary education facilities. And it's found by doing that, by putting resources into every single student, into putting the same amount of resources and extra resources when it needed. Bingo. The national IQ goes up and up and up and up. You have a more cohesive society and less social issues. Simple. One education system for all. One education system for all. Then when you come to little old Australia, we will never get the figures in terms of people's ability to grasp mathematics or science or the language, whatever, in this country. Because for every dollar that goes into the public sector, $3 goes into the private sector. And when there are clever students in the public sector, they're given scholarships to go into the private sector and the list goes on and on you cannot have a two-tier education system and have good results in terms of students understanding of subjects and their ability to grasp those fundamentals and to take that grasp, that knowledge, back into the community as they grow older and contribute to that community. So what you do in a two-tier education system where you're using public money to support private schools, what you do is you lower the national average because you are not putting the same amount of effort into public schools, although public schools have over 65% of students. So that's the difference. So it doesn't matter how much NAPLAN testing you do. It doesn't matter how many computer sites you've got up which tells you which are the good schools. Things aren't going to change unless the system changes. Now, I've got nothing... Look, I don't go as far as the Finns, believe it or not. I've got nothing against people having a private school education. But that private school education needs to be 100% funded by the parents or that private organisation, 100%. They do not deserve one cent of taxpayers' money. Now, if you go out there and say that, 
it's political suicide in this country. And that's the dilemma. The haves have, are able to exert so much political power that nobody is willing to change anything, whether it's public education, whether it's the slow destruction of the public health sector, whether it's destruction of the public nursing home sector. The list goes on and on and on and on. And why does it go on and on? Because we, that's right, we have been unsuccessful, unsuccessful, I'm the first one to admit it, in influencing our fellow citizens in this country about what's actually going on in this country. I mean, everywhere you look, there is diversionary activity. Whether it's people, you know, peddling their latest conspiracy theory about the Martians or whoever, you know, it just goes on and on and on and on and on ad nauseum. And once you've exhausted that, you go on to, you know, little issues, issues, not major issues, but little side issues, you know, and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. Unbelievable. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program is streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. Okay, let's go on. Now, electricity, privatisation. Now, I don't like to say I told you so because there's no point, is there? There really is no point because I can assure regular listeners to the anarchist world this week that you're weeks, months, years ahead of the general community in terms of analysis about what's going on in this society. Months ahead, weeks ahead. All you've got to do is listen to the podcasts sometimes decades ahead. And while everybody else was lauding privatisation, tell us, telling us how it was going to increase competition, decrease prices, hallelujah, brothers and sisters. You know, it was somehow it's going to, you know, make everything hunky-dory. We've been saying for decades, privatisation is the death knell of an industry. Any country that is stupid enough, and the key word is stupid on today's program, S-T-U-P-I-D, stupid enough, to privatise essential infrastructure like telecommunications, like energy production, is going to get their fingers burnt, if not their whole arm you know, burnt off or of their body burnt. And the people of South Australia have been the latest recipient of the privatisation debacle. And let's not forget, the South Australian government was one of the first governments to privatise its energy resources over 20 years ago. And I remember them crowing about the fact that signed a 99-year contract of a private organisation. In the last day or two, you've heard them say, we're going to put in $500 million, a whole $500 million to sort out the system. I thought, why not nationalise that bloody grid and tell them to piss off? No compensation, just nationalise it. But Mr Weatherall has got a plan, a big plan. 
No, he's not going to interfere in the marketplace. No, they're not going to create alternative energy production sources. They are going to create a new gas-fired electricity station and in case of emergencies, in case the private sector cannot provide the energy required, they'll fire it up so they've got a little bit of backup because they don't trust the private sector. Why not go the whole hog? What's the point of having a publicly owned gas-fired power station not producing power and putting it into the grid and making a buck for the people of South Australia as well as providing energy? Squeeze out the private gouges, and that's what they are, private gouges. And everybody from the Australian Competition and Consumer Commission to even our beloved Prime Minister is happy to say that the market is dead, broken, that using privatisation, privatising essential infrastructure was a mistake. But all over the country, we've got people saying, you can't unscramble the omelette. Of course you can unscramble the omelette. We're human beings. We can unscramble an omelette. You know? Of course you can unscramble it. And if we were stupid enough to make mistakes, like privatising energy production, you can nationalise it tomorrow. It takes a bit of political will and, more important, a bit of political courage. If we saw with Mr Grills in the Pilbara electorate in West Australia who lost his seat, National Party leader, after a vigorous campaign by the mining sector who are very upset about the possibility of paying a little bit of extra tax. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. And we still have idiots, the key word is idiots, out there, and my apologies to idiots, I didn't mean to denigrate you, but I don't know what to call them, all right? Maybe anencephalics, but that's another story. So saying we need to privatise more, more, more. We've just seen the Victorian, the Andrews led Labor government, privatise the port of Melbourne in order, for 50 bloody years, in order to build a few railway crossings and a tunnel, and the list goes on and on. We've seen all the airports privatised and everybody's bitching now about how expensive it is because these are monopoly privatisations. You know, there's no competition in that field. So privatisation, corporatisation, deregulation, globalisation, the mantra... Every night across the country, we get on our hands and knees and pray to Mammon. Every night. Every night saying, let's remove regulations. Let's remove penalty rates. Let's reduce wages. Therefore, we can employ more slaves. And we cough it up, suck it down and say, that's the way it is. We can't change it, Joe. You know how many people tell me, I'm too old, I'm too young, I'm too sick, I've got responsibilities. Well, life is finite. You're born, you die. I don't think anything happens after you die. A lot of people think that things happen after you die. They think you go to heaven or hell or whatever. Fair enough. That's their fantasy. It doesn't hurt anybody unless they try to force it on people, which some religious maggots try to do. But that's their fantasy. But the thing is, it's what you do on the planet today, during your lifetime. I mean, there's always something to be done. And I love all these elderly people 
who've been waiting for retirement before they become involved. And then you ask them, well, I haven't seen you around. Are you sick? No. I'm minding the grandkids. <laughs> I'm minding the grandkids. That's the new slavery. I'm minding the grandkids. And what I'm saying, there's always something around the corner that you've got to do. So you've got to make that little bit of extra time to become politically and socially and culturally involved. Because ultimately, ultimately, it's those who become involved who change society. The outsider is the catalyst for change. It's those who throw the rocks, the metaphorical rocks, and say things aren't quite right here who make the changes. They make the changes. It's all very well at the end of the debate when everybody says, oh, I did it, I did it, I did it, when you hadn't seen them for decades. So think about it. Interested in becoming involved? Go to my personal Facebook page. Toscano for the public, a lot of the issues there. Haven't got a computer? Give us a ring. 04 395 Write to us at Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Direct action, not your bag? Join Pipsy. Public interest before corporate interest. Make into a registered political party. It's about time we had a registered political party that had progressive ideas, which was on people's minds. I mean, what do we got now? Look at the garbage that's got elected in the crossbenches in the West Australian Upper House. Just have a look at it and make you sick. Divided nation, hunters and shooters, whatever they call themselves. Even the Liberal Democrats make it a Guernsey. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Listen to the Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia and the Community Radio Network. A little bit of advice. There are three types of political activists. Three types. There are meteorites. There are comets. And there are stars. You like the analogy? He says, "What? Is, he's finally lost his marbles. What's the idiot talking about? Meteorites, comets, stars. Now, the listeners to the anarchist world this week who become involved in action are stars. They're there for a bloody long time. They're there for decades. Stars. They're up there in the sky, twinkling your eye, working away, doing what they can, considering their own personal limitations. They do what they can, but they are active and they're active consistently, whether it's extra-parliamentary, whether it's parliamentary. They understand that you need to interact with the population as a whole in order to make change. There's no no point hiding a little ghetto or a little chat room, you know, agreeing with everybody else about something nobody else is particularly interested in. What you need is that action. And these are the stars. Then we have the meteorites. And if I had a dollar for every meteorite I've met in the last 50 years of political activism, I wouldn't be here. I'd be in the Bahamas or the Cayman Islands with Mr Turnbull enjoying my uh, legally acquired tax minimisation, you know, Cayman Islands scheme. But uh, getting back to reality, you know, meteorites, I think... Wow, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to change it now. And in six months to a year, they're gone. B. 
burnt up. Cynical. Disillusion. Of course you're not going to change the world in six months to a year. You're not going to change the world. If you go in like that and you put all your efforts and energies into it and forget about the rest of your life, you're just going to burn up. I don't want to see another disillusioned, cynical, you know, burnt out individual put all their heart and soul and mind into it for a short period of time because all that does is makes everybody else disillusioned and cynical because they say, well, you can't fight City Hall. Look at poor Fred Reeker and Fred over there. They fought City Hall and now they're disillusioned and they're cynical and they're going to vote for Divided Nation and you know they're going to fly their Aussie flag and the list goes on and on. And then you've got comments. And most people I meet aren't stars or meteorites. They're comments. They come around. Haley's Comet, I think, comes around every 70 years. I could be totally wrong, could be 20, who knows. I'm sure somebody listening to the program knows, but don't tell me because I'm not that interested. It's just an analogy. It just goes round. You don't see it for a long time. You don't see them for a long time. Then bing, bing, bing. Most people want to do something. They want to do something, but then life gets in between. Life gets too hectic. Too many personal issues. Too many work-related issues. Too many community issues. Too many commitments. Too much TB. Too many, too many drugs. Sick. Tired. And they have to do little bursts. Occasional little bursts. And these are, this is a useful thing. Because that occasional little burst kind of gives you a little bit of encouragement that things can change, that you can do things, and that you will do things when you, when you can. And that type of person is the type of person that if there is a major social conflict, who will climb onto that barricade and work with the stars. Well, the meteorites are, you know, being used to build the bloody barricade because they're gone, gone. So think about it. So are you a star? Are you a comet? Are you a meteorite? And if you are, think about the type of work you do, how you work, the type of actions you're involved in, whether it's issue orientated or not issue orientated. Just think about it. Are you a star, a comet, or a meteorite? I might even make a poster about that. It seems like a nice poster, doesn't it? Star, comets, and meteorites. So all the listeners to the Anarchist World this week across the country or via the net, 3cr.org.au, you know, you're one of the three. Star, meteorite, comet. We'd love a lot of stars, but we're also happy with comets. Now, I've talked about a few things today, but I can talk till the cows come home. And I'm sure the cows will come home eventually if you don't feed them or they need to be milked if you give them hormones. But the thing is, what are you going to do in between? I mean, we can only do so much. We can talk about privatisation. We can talk about globalisation, corporatisation, deregulation. We can look at the issues of the day. We can talk about President Donald Groper and poor old Mr Grills who's been executed by the mining sector in this country, politically executed. We can talk about Donnie Nadella and his $113 little smart way of making a buck and Murdoch's and, 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 and raise a comparison of Murdoch's $886 million tax refund, all legally done, of course, in 2013. And we can look at our current politicians and we can see what idiots we have been, not as individuals, but as a country. 
We've gone down that pathway. We have expected to reap the benefits, and 40 years later, we found that we've... I'm going to use a biblical analogy, so put your hands over your ears. We found that we've put seed on stony ground, and all privatisation does is increase the profits of unaccountable corporations and increase the profits of minorities. So the ball's in your court, and I'm waiting for you to hit it back. You can do a number of two things. You can say... This is crap. I'm not interested. I've got a TV show to go. I've got to surf the net. I've got to look at YouTube. You know, I've got to Twitter away about nothing in particular. Walk away. Fine. Walk away. Or you can say, look, maybe it's time that I started doing a little bit. There's a lot of things you can do. You can, you know, come to the Defend and Extend Public Housing Rallies. The next one's on the 5th of April. If you're listening to this program and you're not in Victoria... Don't despair. You can organise these things. It is not hard to organise things. It is easy. You pick a date, you pick a time, you turn up. You do a bit of publicity. It is easy. And you'd be amazed how much one person carrying a handwritten placard sitting outside an insurance company office can cause, how much consternation they can cause, how many private security guards come to talk to you, how many other people stop and listen. And we need people like you, comets, around the country to take a few minutes off your day. Set aside half an hour. Set aside an hour. Do it. Thank you for listening to The Anarchist World this week, broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. This program has been streaming live on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. If you're listening to this program in Victoria, don't forget the Pipsy Frankston Branch Picnic on the Frankston Foreshort near Cannanook Creek Picnic area on Sunday at midday. Bring along some uh, food. And don't forget on the 20th of March, there's the tour of the uh, building at, uh, at 886 Collins Street for the uh, independent, uh, the West Papuan Independence Movement. Thank you once again for listening to the Anarchist World this week. That address, Post Office Box 20, Parkville 3052. Web page, anarchistmedia.org, pipsy.net. Facebook pages, Public Interest Before Corporate Interest, Toscano for the Public. Read the Fort Bubbles. Uh, also, uh, Defend and Extend Public Housing Facebook. Page. Don't forget the Anarchist Media Institute website, anarchistmedia.org. You can email us at anarchistage at yahoo.com. And if all else fails, you can leave a message on 0439 395 489. Thank you for listening to the Anarchist World this week, courtesy of the Community Radio Network on your local community radio station. Evil minds that plot destruction. Death's construction. An analysis you'll never hear anywhere else. Anarchist World This Week. Australia's Sacred Cow Slaughterhouse. 10am every Wednesday. Listen to the Anarchist World This Week for an up-to-date analysis of local, national and international events. Poisoning their brainwashed minds. Oh, Lord, yeah.